Hi everyone, David Harris here with you for Criminal Injustice with Read This. I spot something I think you ought to read and point you to it. Today I want to talk about two pieces appearing in national newspapers, USA Today and the New York Times, and both of them center broadly on the question of police accountability, but in different ways. This is an issue we've, of course, discussed on Criminal Justice with many different guests uh, that I've talked to you about in news bonuses here, there, and everywhere. And I've got to say, these articles really hammer some of the key points home. The first article I'd like you to read uh, appeared in USA Today on September 8th of 2021. I would say we're going to put a link to it up on our website, but I discovered when trying to find the link myself, there was a paywall. So you can find it in USA Today, September 8th, 2021. The title of the article was Officer Exposed Death Now Faces Prison Time. This story is about... Uh, the death of a man named Eric Lurie at the hands of the Joliet, Illinois Police Department. Uh, He was experiencing medical distress because of a drug overdose. The police officers involved were recorded on video doing some really shocking things. First off, not summoning medical attention when they clearly knew he was in distress, and then mistreating him, trying to wake him up, trying to pry the drugs out of his mouth, all kinds of other things that were just very, very clearly inappropriate. And the man was hospitalized and died. Now, we don't know whether he would have lived if he had had different treatment, but very clearly, uh, the treatment of Mr. Lurie by these Joliet officers, all of whom are named in the article, uh, did not come up to the standard of meeting their own department's policy. Okay? Um, And that's the least you can say. Maybe it's worse than that. None of them have been charged. Some of them have been disciplined. But what happened after that is what really is uh, difficult to understand, Uh, or maybe not, depending on your point of view. You see, the video was ultimately viewed by another officer. Uh, This officer's name was Javier Esquerda, uh, and he was a Joliet police officer, and he decided after the death of George Floyd and seeing the full video and understanding that his department seemed to be covering the death up, withholding information, giving the public misleading takes on what had actually happened, he decided that he could be silent no longer. He looked at the George Floyd murder, Uh, the video of that murder that so many of us saw and asked himself, where were those other officers? Why didn't they stop Derek Chauvin from killing George Floyd? And he said to himself, and you'll see in the article, I must do this. He did it. He leaked the video to a local news station. The video itself had been shown to various groups of people, but without sound and with a misleading narrative attached to it. And he just decided, no, this this can't be. 
This can't go on. Somebody needs to say something, and that something is me. Frankly, he expected that not all people in the department would welcome his action. That's putting it mildly. What he didn't expect was to be disciplined himself and arrested and jailed, uh, maybe even going to prison, though that has not happened yet. But he's been charged with some very serious charges. And this, of course, raises questions about whether police are actually serious about holding each other accountable for clearly wrong actions. Uh, When they will retaliate this way against one of their own who exposes those actions, uh, this clearly doesn't go. You never snitch on another officer. And that's a, you know, that's a direct quote out of this article. The other piece I wanted to bring to your attention uh, comes from the New York Times. Uh, This piece uh, is actually available uh, without a paywall. It's dated September 12th, 2021. The title of the piece is, If the Police Lie, Should They Be Held Liable? Question mark. Often the answer is no. And again, that is September 12, 2021. This piece um, uh, focuses on a police officer from St. Paul, Minnesota's police department named Heather Weicker. And it tells the story about how Officer Weicker, who was then a member of a joint federal task force, um, Uh, committed some acts that were clearly outside the lines. She lied. She lied to a grand jury. She lied about various witnesses and actions and so forth. Um, And she has suffered no consequences. There is still an open internal affairs investigation. All of the cases in which she was involved, which she seemed to be trying to protect and further with her lies, All of these basically fell apart, and in the bargain, uh, several people who just by chance had a fight with one of her witnesses, having nothing to do with the case that Officer Weicker was putting together, those people were charged uh, with various crimes, intimidating a witness and so forth, on the basis of lies told by Officer Weicker. And at least one of these people, a young woman, her life was basically destroyed over this. She sat in jail for an entire year uh, before her case uh, basically was dropped and thrown out. Well, um, the question that this article asks is whether police doing things like this can be held liable. And that word liable tells you that this is on the civil side. It's not about charging any officers with crimes. Uh, The idea is you would go to court and file a civil lawsuit against the police for doing this sort of thing, for lying about you, for putting you in jail on false statements, for whatever it is, um, and could you get damages? And the answer typically is no, because of a doctrine that I know some of you have heard about called qualified immunity. This is a very complicated legal doctrine involved in lawsuits against police. But the bottom line is that unless it was absolutely clear 
that this exact sort of behavior would allow you to be held liable for violating somebody's rights, you won't be held liable. And it has become a tool to exonerate police, or I should say protect them from civil liability in some of the most outrageous cases that you could imagine, a lot of which are detailed in this article. Right? And so it's not that likely uh, under current law that Officer Weicker will be held liable. And uh, one, the, the young woman who's mentioned in the article whose life was destroyed based on Officer Weicker's lies, um, she is trying to bring her case to the Supreme Court of the United States in order to change the qualified immunity doctrine and get some kind of relief for what she went through. Now, I bring these articles to your attention not just because they are dramatic instances of the failure of police accountability, uh, not just because uh, they both uh, represent things that have happened in other cases, but because I think the question has to be asked, why is law enforcement so resistant to any accountability even for some of the worst kinds of conduct. Um, and maybe it's no mystery. You know, when people are attacked, uh, the institution around them will circle the wagons. Uh, maybe that's all it is. Maybe it's the, the, uh, the wall of silence, the blue wall of silence, the brotherhood of police, uh, um, excusing the gendered term there, um, that you just don't take sides against a fellow officer and you, 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 you line up with them no matter what. I mean, I understand that. We've talked about that. But I've got to say, both of these pieces that I'm recommending that listeners read show some of the worst police behavior that you could imagine on the behalf of the entire department in Joliet uh, and the uh, uh, officer in St. Paul. All right? uh, and I'd be willing to say maybe it's not the entire department in St. Paul. We've actually interviewed people who are from the St. Paul Police Department and they do many good things. But why is this one little group of officers in St. Paul being protected uh, uh, and, and, and nothing is going to happen? Uh, why is this little group of officers in Joliet uh, protecting uh, themselves and allowed to have this happen and going after instead uh, the officer who blew the whistle? Right? It reminds me of something said by one of our guests in the past, Matthew Horace, uh, a former law enforcement official, uh, uh, CNN contributor, author of a book we talked to him about. He told a story in which he uh, uh, was doing research for that book, and he went to uh, a friend of his who's a high official in the NYPD, and he said to his friend, you know, in writing this book, I want to make sure that people understand what a hard job police have. And his friend, still active then in the NYPD, still a high-ranking officer in that department, said, Oh, listen, people understand what a hard job we have. What they don't understand is how nothing is ever our fault. We're always right. It's always somebody else's fault. It's always the civilian." Now think about that for a minute. 
to people out there listening who are in law enforcement, I want to say this very directly. I know that these are aberrations, these things in these articles, in the sense that they don't go on everywhere and that you personally would never countenance this or participate in it. But there are police officers who do this sort of thing. I know the media doesn't always get it right. I may not have it right right now in terms of all the facts of these cases. I can only rely on the sources I have. I know that you get blamed and talked to in a way that you're responsible for everything law enforcement does, and that's not comfortable. Right? I wouldn't like it if everybody tried to pin the wrongdoing on every professor in law school on me. All right? But law enforcement is different. You know that and you recognize that and everybody understands. Like that NYPD officer said, this is a hard job. It's a different kind of job. But it also requires a higher level of responsibility. As long as law enforcement maintains that it cannot be held responsible for the actions of the worst, people in general will tend to believe the worst of police, even those who, like you, are not involved in it. And that's a huge cost to the profession, to public safety in general, right? and to you personally. And so I want to just say, you have to turn this around. It has to be the case that disciplinary records and all of those things are public. The public has to be able to trust, has to be able to understand what really goes on. The fact they have to know that their, that their police department actually does discipline people. And if it doesn't, they need to know that too. Right? Until these things change, whether it's at the level of state law, as in my state of Pennsylvania, or the conduct of individual police departments, this has to change. You want the public's trust. You want the public's support. You need to do this for the good of your profession. And I say to everybody who might be listening, there is nothing more important than the ability to trust such an important institution. And if we don't, all of us suffer. That's it. Read this. Two pieces from the media, one in USA Today, September 8th of 2021. It's called Officer Exposed Death, Now Faces Prison Time. And another in the New York Times, September 12, 2021, titled, If Police Lie, Should They Be Held Liable? Often the answer is no. You, with your better internet skills than me, will be able to find these online. You can always turn to us here on Criminal Injustice for the latest news about the system, whether it's policing, corrections, or something else within the criminal justice sphere. You can find all of it on our website. That's criminalinjusticepodcast.com. I am David Harris, and I'll be back with you next time.